This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Welcome to IA Forward and welcome to your favorite season, baseball season. Yeah, it's finally here. Feels like it's been a long winter. Lots of things going on in baseball over the winter meetings and rule changes. And man, we're going to have a little bit different game this season, aren't we? I mean, like the whole thing about enlarging the bases is to me the big one. I mean, and I I get the whole pitch clock thing and why they're doing that. But this whole idea that we have reduced the distance between our bases by four and a half inches, that's huge. Like that's crazy. Yeah. So I get the commercials too. I don't know if you've seen the Major League Baseball, I guess, decided they needed to put an ad campaign out there after the World Baseball Classic, kind of having these three and a half hour games after that happened and had all these audiences. I saw something like 97.2% of all televisions in Japan tuned in to watch Otani strike out Mike Trout. So some really, really incredible number percentage. And so I noticed that right on the heels of the World Baseball Classic, MLB releases this ad campaign talking about how awesome the game was going to be now that there was not a shift or we're going to see players making dive in plays again and we're going to see base running talking about stealing bases and I just think it's an interesting tug of war that's going on between traditionalist which would be like me and kind of folks that want to change this game to make it a faster paced trying to get away from this three plus hour game. It's supposed to shorten the game by like 20 minutes right but but I was watching some videos that the MLB put out on their website. And I saw Joe Martinez's official title. He's the vice president of own field strategy. And I thought that is such an awesome title that our organization needs like VP, like on field strategy. I mean, how cool is that? That sounds like somebody spent way too many hours on the org chart to me. (laughs) How many? Hey, you know what we need in this block? We need VP of on-field strategy. Isn't that what the players are? Aren't they all VPs of on-field strategy? They're the performers. They're the ones that are supposed to be out there entertaining the audiences. And I don't know. I'm all over the place with mixed emotions about this whole thing. I think my favorite thing about the bases has been the Altuve meme of Altuve standing in the center of the base and they've micro-sized Altuve who's only like five foot five or five foot six anyway. So they've micro-sized Altuve on the new bases and he looks like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids miniature Altuve. That's been one of the favorite things about the whole making fun of the the size of the bases at this point. But that's just me. I, I, I laugh at dad joke type stuff and I think that was pretty funny. The interesting thing, the pitch clock gotten most of the fanfare. Right. And it's crazy to watch like all of the things now that the umpires have to do instead of paying attention to the pitches when it comes to that. Like when you go in and watch the video and the equipment they have and the things they're doing and they have to watch this and they have to watch this and this is the way all this is set up. And I'm like, you're going to miss something. And then you're they're going to have to go back and watch some kind of replay, which is going to slow the game down. There's probably an extreme that we're trying to deal with. There's the in and out of the box. There's the at-bats that take eight minutes 
minutes because of the game within the game. There's so many mental games inside the game of baseball. The one thing that came up at a breakfast recently with some guys that I was meeting with was just this discussion around what happens with pickoff moves and base stealing and is there a limited, I don't even know the rule, is there a limited number of pickoff moves to avoid the pitch clock restriction? Because if you have a maximum pickoff number, well then I'm stealing. Okay, that's three. It's kind of like running out of bullets in your gun. Like, okay, the old Western, he's only got one more shot. And so once he shoots this one, we're going to take off. Well, I don't know how they're going to combat this thing that always happens when you put new rules in the next thing shows up and you have to deal with the consequences of that. Now we're dealing with the quick pitch scenario in the shot clock. Somebody struck out the other day in a spring training game in less than 30 seconds. Three pitches, strikeout. Fastest strikeout in the history of Major League Baseball. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. Kind of a dubious honor, right? (laughs) Don't want to be that guy. And so I'm just going to have to wait and see. And I think my lesson is I know there's another thought from the other side. I know there's always this other story. There's your side, there's their side, and then there's probably the truth somewhere in the middle. And I know that there's a point that Major League Baseball's after. And I know there's a complaint from the other side of the fence about all the different rules and the consequences of those rules. And I think it just teaches us a lot about relationships and how those relationships are so dependent on each other. I wouldn't say tug of war, but there's the give and take. There's this give and take thing with the players, the managers, and then the rule makers, the executive committee, the MLB organization. And so they need each other, but they're constantly at Sometimes they're at this tug of war, but then they're working together and then they're they're just figuring out how it all works. And I think it's an interesting comparison to running an insurance business. Man, that's what I was going to say. This sounds just like our relationships that we're having with our carriers right now and the struggles on both sides. And I think after a year in this hard market, there's some blame that's starting to get laid and this is your fault and this is your fault. And we're so divided dependent on each other, but it just seems like we're starting to get to a point that we can't see past ourselves to the challenges the person on the other side is facing. That's a hundred percent correct. And when I talk to agents, I'm seeing this swing to company did this to me and this happened and the underwriter did this and it's a frustration and it's so many things. And when I talk to my carrier people, they're like, well, if the agent would do this and the agent's doing this other thing and they don't need to be doing that, there's deep breath need where we just all need to realize that this is an extremely unique market that when it comes to hard markets, this is as hard of a market as I've certainly seen in my two plus but less than three decades. And the conversations I've heard from those that have been in the business 40 years, even 50 years, is that the market is so dramatically different than it was even in previous hard markets that there's going to be this situation arise. We're going to have these at odds conversations. Agents are trying to grow. Agents are trying to retain business. Carriers are trying to get profitable, remain profitable, get back into profitability, deal with the inflationary measures. And it's just a really big bucket of mess right now. And I think that we have 
have to keep in mind that in the end, we are partners and we have to retain those partnerships and we have to be thoughtful of each other in this process. But that sounds really warm and fuzzy. And I love that idea. But how do we do that? I'm going to start with the agents, okay, because I am one. And I'm going to say that it is extremely important to think long term. You knew that was coming. You knew that I was going to take this long tail strategy. But if you think short term right now, and if you do not put some element of the carrier's profitability and the carrier's longevity in your business plan, in your process, and you just take this chase lower rate, and say, well, I've got to do this for my customers. I don't have a choice. And you short side or you don't do something that helps the company as well, then you're going to struggle, I believe, to keep that company as a partner. And I always think that it's interesting to hear agencies that are 100%, oh, I do what's best for my client. I do the best price. I'm always looking for the better thing for them because that's my duty. Well, in most states, that's actually not true. Most states and most carrier contracts refer to the agent. You are an agent of the company. Brokers are defined in some states, but in some states, they're not even a defined term. The term broker does not even exist in the state of Texas. That's not recognized. And so as an agent, most of the situations, even though you're an independent contractor, even though you are uh, running your own business, you are working as an agent of the company in terms of the carrier contract. And so you do have a fiduciary duty. You do have a partnership duty, in my opinion, that has to keep the carrier profit profitability and the carrier in mind. Don't forget, unless you're going to start your own carrier, unless you're going to form your own agency captive, you need product. You've got to have some risk transfer product to sell. And if you run off all your carrier partners with short-sighted thinking and with blowed up arguments at underwriters and you burn bridges. Well, don't forget those carrier personnel move around and you might have the underwriter that you blew up with at one company become the underwriting supervisor at the next company that you happen to be doing business with. It is a large financial industry. It is an extremely small world when it comes to the insurance environment. I always find it fascinating when y'all are talking about we have a new carrier rep, but that person came from so-and-so and that person came from so-and-so. And we have kind of these preconceived notions of how this person is going to be working with this particular carrier based on our past history. And I think our agents sometimes tend to forget that when they're working with underwriters, that same thing is going to happen. I really want agents to take deep breaths, take their time to calm down, understand the underwriter is doing what the company needs them to do in order to stay profitable. There's just this thing that I've never really understood. Maybe it's because I've worked in different elements. I haven't just worked in a pure sales role. When you're an agent and you do nothing but think about the sales side of things and selling the policy without understanding the need of, yes, protecting your client, but also 
the carrier that you represent and the ability for them to turn a profit for their shareholders to stay in business, to reinvest in their product. All of that is a necessary thing. Like both sides are extremely necessary in this equation. It's just necessary that we do that. And it's necessary that we have this professionalism in how we approach things. These are just people. These insurance carriers are just companies. Companies are simply made up of people. Your agency's the same way. And I think we get into this tug of war sometimes, especially in marketplaces and market conditions like they are today. And we forget that. It's really important to reset and allow cooler heads to prevail so that we have this long-term profitable picture for our industry. And that's going to serve our agencies well if our carriers are healthy. Ask the agents in Florida and Louisiana how good it feels when a dozen carriers go bankrupt and have to pull out of your state. It doesn't feel good. It's not good for your agency. There are agents in parts of Louisiana who can't write a piece of new business. They're in a holding pattern. That is not a good place to be. It's not fun. It's not good for clients. It's not good for the industry. It's just not good for the state. There's just a lot of things going on there. And if you don't have product and you don't have that relationship, then that's going to be a problem. You need to think about that side of it as you're going through this struggle that you are going through. And Using your conflict resolution phrases, which sounds crazy, and I know you're laughing at me right now, but it's truthful. You know, using those phrases like, I agree with you on X, or tell me more, I really want to understand, or I appreciate you for working with me through this, and let's take a breather for just a second. Help me understand what you're trying to say. People want to feel important, and the more that you will acknowledge that someone's actually trying to help you, even when it feels like you're in the middle of this conflict, it goes back to that Southernism of you're going to catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. As much as I am laughing about your conflict resolution approach, you are right. This is the correct approach. And again, talking to you salespeople out there, I know how easy it is to get frustrated, to hit a wall and to have your world disrupted. I get it. Our world is getting disrupted right now as well as I speak. It is where we are as an industry. But you're in the independent agency channel and you have some choices. You could be in the exclusive channel where you're just talking about increasing deductibles. So let's keep our perspective. And I think that's where I'm trying to come from is on the agency side. Let's keep perspective that this cycle is going to change. This is a cycle. It's not a forever. I did hear one agent talk about perspective Perspective. Yes, rates are increasing. Valuations are increasing. Everything's going up. Customers are upset. My bank account's also increasing. And I thought that was an interesting perspective from that particular agent. And yeah, it's a lot of work, a little extra work, a little extra stuff. But the consumer's pricing is going up on everything. You're not alone. That's the other thing that I've heard communicated very well from agents is I just ask my customer, so is there something not going up in your life? Is insurance the only thing that's increasing when you're trying to explain the inflationary measures and so forth? And so I know there's a way to do this and so many agents are doing it well. I just want to caution you about playing the blame game with the carriers because those are your customers 
customers to. Those are your partners. And you need carriers to be strong and profitable so that they survive this cycle that we're in and come back stronger. And that helps your agency be stronger. Going back to the idea of those conflict resolution phrases, we have all had those clients that, uh, you know, when that name pops up on that caller ID and you have that thought of, I would really rather have a root canal or clean my toilet in the moment than pick up the phone and talk to this person, right? I mean, like we all have those people in our lives. And whether it is one of our clients or if it's a specific underwriter that we're going to have to talk to. And what I would actually do is keep those lists of those happy little phrases that I could use in that particular client's folder. I mean, you know, this is like back in the paper days. So every time I would talk to this person, I would have those phrases in front of me, which sounds really silly and really crazy. But it helped me because I wasn't trying to constantly figure out, okay, what can I say to try to diffuse this situation? You know, because it was right there. And, you know, sometimes taking just those little bitty steps that seem really stupid and really silly or giving those phrases to your people because they may not be as well trained as you are. Give them, okay, these are 10 phrases. When things start escalating, when you start having challenges, use these phrases. Sometimes you just got to bite your tongue and smile because they pay the bills. I'll go a little further and say, unless that client reaches the tipping point of needing to be fired. We have to be really careful about who our audience is one day because I talk a lot about sometimes clients need to be fired and sometimes you don't need to keep every client you have. I know that that is something that has to come up and I tell our people, look, there's a limit. I don't expect you to be verbally abused by a customer at the same time as I think, yes, you have to have those hard conversations and you sometimes you have to endure this individual that is just hard to deal with. But there is a line in there. There's a balance in there between someone who's just annoying, someone that's just going to complain and then someone who is verbally abusing your staff and trying to bully their way through the process, which I'm not an advocate of. I don't do that very well. I have walked a handful of people over my years out of our front door and asked them to take their business elsewhere. That has actually happened. I'm not up for that level, but it's kind of the same thing that I'm saying to agents. Don't turn around and do that to your company personnel. Don't turn around and do that to someone else. You want to know a weird fun fact about the cute boy and I? Always. One of those really annoying customers that I would just have to center myself and breathe when I would see his name pop up is actually who introduced the cute boy and I. You have to see that there's a blessing in everything, right? It's funny. God's sense of humor. Let's just call it that. It's just really where it comes down to. If you ever think, you know, does God have a sense of humor? Absolutely. God has a sense of humor. Absolutely. (laughs) I don't want to leave my speech to my carrier personnel out of this thing either. Carrier side, they have some work to do during a market in a cycle like this as well. As you're asking agents to sacrifice, my question to carriers is always going to center around what are you doing to match that? What are you actually doing? Are you taking expense action? Are you making the right product changes, rate change cycle? What are you doing? Because there are some low-hanging fruit on the carrier side that seem to be easy to grab 
and pull, that becomes detrimental to the agency side. And I just want to caution our carrier partners to let that be your last resort. Hurting the agent at the expense of profitability need on the carrier side without the carriers actually doing everything else they can do is that easy, low-hanging fruit that actually can work against you. It's easy to think, well, if we claw back two points of commission from the agent, well, I can do something over here. But look, that doesn't feel good. And never tell an agent, premium's going up. So even if we reduce your commission, you're still going to increase revenue. That's not good. So I encourage our carrier partners to always think about the expense reduction side, the efficiency side, the things that they can do that doesn't necessarily attack someone else's compensation. And the conversation that never feels good when you turn it around is Mr. or Mrs. Carrier Executive, Mr. or Mrs. Carrier Rep, how would it feel if I come and asked you to take a 30% pay cut or a 20% pay cut next year? What would you do? Would you stay in your job? Would you look for another job? Would you think about something long and hard? The answer to the human being is, well, yeah, Yes, I mean, I probably would, but that's what happens in these cycles by some short-term, short-sighted carrier thoughts is we'll just attack compensation. We'll claw back some commission over here. And that's something that has to be carefully thought through at the carrier side. Try to do everything you can on the carrier side of things to not shut down new business. If you can't write new business to deal with that natural attrition during this cycle, then that's going to be problematic on the agency. That's an important thought process is, okay, we've got to take this rate. We've got to do these things. I get it. You need to take rate. You have increased loss cost. You have so many things, but try to reserve that capacity for growth on the agency side. And it's really not growth. It's really just replacing what's naturally being lost. And I think sometimes our carriers tend to forget that they're not the only game in town. And so if they're not treating their agents well, that's the fantastic thing about the independent agency system is they can go somewhere else. I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things I had forgotten about, one of our core values is serve others. And we are each other's customers, carrier agency. The insurance carrier is in some ways just as much my customer as my insured. We have a mutual customer. I'm not getting off in the independent agency argument about ownership of client. That's not the argument. My issue is, is it's still a mutual client. There is someone that is paying a claim. There is a carrier that's paying the claim, holding the risk, etc. We're the distribution, where the client relationship, the insurance carrier is my customer. I need to be servant minded towards them and vice versa. And the carrier thinking about things in terms of client experience and not spending energy on agency experience is sort of missing the boat. We agents are the customer of our insurance carrier partners. And just in that same way, our carrier partners are the customer of the agencies. And so some people would describe it as stakeholders. I see it as servant minded, my partners, servant leadership. All of that is part of our core values and who we are. So it's kind of natural for us to think that way. But I really would hope that more and more carriers in the independent agency channel understand 
understand that and serve their agents and think about the agency experience, especially in a cycle like this. All this comes down to two words. We just talked for 20 minutes and this all comes down to two words. Be nice. Be nice. Gary V is the marketer and the YouTuber is on this be nice campaign. He's on this campaign to spread niceness in the world. I think he's got something there and I think you've got something there. Is it really that hard to be nice to someone? I just don't think it is, but it is a problem out in the world today for some reason. I think one of the reasons it's such a big problem is we just don't listen and people want to be heard. Because we're all talking too much? Is that what you're trying to say? I think that's exactly what I'm saying and not even trying to. You know, I've been <laughs> I've been accused of talking too much in my life. And one of the things that I am actually actively working on and have been working on is being a better listener. You've heard the old adage, you got two ears and one mouth. You should listen twice as much as you speak. This hasn't been my nature. My wife would be the chief witness of that, that I tend to talk a little too much. But it is so true. Being a great listener and understanding and hearing what someone's saying, not just the words, but what are they actually saying with the words that they're speaking? I'm going to leave us today with this quote from Coach Lee Walls. Players like rules. If they didn't have any rules, they wouldn't have anything to break. Attitude's a choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com.